Hello, wrestling fans. Cool Charisma. Hey, that's me. Today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yellow again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma once again smack dabble on ringside and ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. And Quentin, you picked an extremely fun one this week. Yeah, finally. Third time to charm, I guess. <laughs> now, this, this was... So, the, the big thing right now, right, is nostalgia. You know, everything's bringing some old stuff back, old movie remakes. They're making new Star Wars stuff. This was just like, because you can't do wrestling nostalgia after a certain amount of time because the wrestlers just can't do it anymore, right? They lose that nostalgia pop. You end up becoming Greg the Hammer Valentine having terrible indie matches. But this is nostalgia, man. Everything about this is my childhood from the entrances, from who's on commentary, from who's in the ring doing the ring announcing. This is like high point as a young, young fan. Well, it's, you know, right when WWF started to hit their stride, it was around this time, really. It's when they really started kicking it in. So, Sabbath, you know, they're just, they're now, they're kind of hit, they're starting to hit that, getting away from um, senior, and it's all junior, full speed ahead this time. So, it's, you know. All the old guard, you still have a few around, but they're way, way, way on the undercards. So, yeah, it, it's putting a lot more glitz and glamour, uh, glitz and glamour in into pro wrestling. Which I mean, I guess, I guess the Vince Senior would have still had more glitz and glamour uh, than most. You know, being at the area and the big buildings that he was running. Um, but also, I mean, his characters, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a wrestling purist. Uh, you wouldn't watch a Bruno San Martino match and compare it to a Nick Bockwinkle match. No, no, no. You know what I mean? He, he was more a, about the entertainment, I'd say, to a degree that most of the other territories besides, what, maybe Memphis weren't. I wouldn't consider Memphis glamour. Memphis... But I, I, if, not yeah. glamour, but it, it focused on the entertainment a little bit more than some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, they were the, they were the enter the more entertainment because I mean you think the, they had those big cities, you know, New York, you know, Boston, um, Philadelphia, Philly. Yeah, and Washington was dead by then, right? Sure, I had to be. If it wasn't dead, it was on its last legs. I don't remember on Harvard because you know it, Washington was a was a big town back in the sixties and you know up in the early up till well I think by it started dying down in the seventies I I think by mid eighties I think they it went into like a, a yearly rotation by then I think but at one time Washington D.C. was a big town because actually that was seniors town for a long time that was his you main know. town yeah. Really, even even more than New York City. Well, I can remember Reed. Yeah, he was. Um, that was his main. I mean, you know, he that he ran that by himself. It was his his single town by himself that he owned. That's you know, but I don't know if that's true or not. But I heard that because they did their TV there back in the sixties, I believe. Oh, okay. 
I think. I could be getting this wrong because it's been so long ago since I've read about it. But I think in the 60s, that's where they did their TV, I think. Um, and, and am I right? And this is something I, I read, I think, in Zabisco's book. So they had TVs for each different town, or did they have one TV that went around the loop? Because I've heard of uh, Zabisco says something about showing up in Pittsburgh for t- for a TV, a studio TV. And somebody was a promoter because they, you know, each town had its own promoter pretty much. Depends on probably what time period. Uh, as far as I know, in the 80s, from what I can remember, the early 80s, it was all all that one place in um, Pitt, uh, in Pennsylvania. They didn't, and they would just send it out, as far as I can remember. But like in your big towns, like New York had Madison Square Garden Network, it showed their shows. Uh, Philly had the Spectrum show. I think Boston Garden had their show on whatever their there was a, whatever station up there. But then they had their All Star Wrestling. I think it, it was taped. Was it Allentown or one of those right uh, P- uh, Pennsylvania towns? And, and it, by that time, it uh, it went out everywhere. I don't think they sh- I don't think they did them. Do, you know. Um, each town had its own thing in the in the eighties. It might have been the, sometime in the seventies, maybe, but I don't know. By eighties, it was all one. Now they didn't shoot it downtown or wherever it was every time, but they'd shoot there for a lot. But yeah, the, from what I can see, the early eighties, it all was one TV, and it would and it would just get looped out, taped out, loop tape, however you want to call it, bicycle. By the and, 80s, so yeah, and, and real quick, I, I'd be remiss to say because we we already went into uh discussing the time period. Uh, the match we're covering today, we cannot find on YouTube, <laughs> it was on Daily Motion. That uh, was the, weird, yeah, they went on YouTube. And I, I, I downloaded their app on my phone, and Daily Motion, your app needs some work. I understand you're you know not on the same level as YouTube, but your app needs a lot of work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the match is Hulk Hogan, WWF champion versus Randy Macho Man Savage with Miss Elizabeth uh, from Madison Square Garden, December 30th, 1985. Yep. Um, remember, you asked me if it was the yelling red Hogan. It oh, was. yeah, you got my hopes up. I, I thought it was the white trunks Hogan, but it wasn't. It was yellow trunks. It, and, and, so yeah, we'll go go into that a little bit. And it was real American Hogan. I was hoping it was still the dun da da dun da da. It just oh. had to be changed. It just had to have changed. They just probably just started having music in eighty because that was eighty five. So they had to just start using that at that point. Because that originally was um uh was it William Rotundo's music. Right. Yeah, US Express. Um, yeah, so so he had been using that long that uh December 30th, so he hadn't been using it long at all. And, and Real American is obviously like synonymous with Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania. But man, if you've ever been working out and that just happens to come across the old music, happens to come, come across your playlist because you're like me and you have uh, the wrestling album on your Spotify playlist, <laughs> uh, man, you can really knock out some cardio or hit some. So you're weights. talking about the Eye of the Tiger? No, no, no. He had his own his own music at one point, and it was very really. It, yeah, it reminded me of Eye of the Tiger um, a little bit, but it was like dun da da dun da da. Hulk, Hulk. 
You know what? I think I remember that because I used to have a match on tape of uh, Hogan and Buddy from Boston Gardens. And after it was over, I remember that the music was, and I remember that part in the music. They're going, Hulk. And as I mean, you remind me of that. Yeah. See, okay. It yeah. didn't last long then. No, it, it didn't last long. Um, I, th- I think as soon as U.S. Express put their notice in, Hulk's like, hey, brother, uh, I think I can use their, I can music. Use their music. They they never got over. No. <laughs> it didn't. Well, it wasn't Spivey. Didn't he take – he took um, Wyndham's spot for, for a second there, didn't he? Yeah. Because Wyndham left first. They said he just went AWOL. <laughs> and then uh, he uh, – and then they brought uh, Spivey in, and that was maybe within weeks, Rotundo just got up and left too. <laughs> there were no notices from what I heard. How many how many times have different companies just wanted Dan Spivey to succeed? Every company's worked for. He had yeah. he had everything but the ability. And I'm not saying he was bad. He wasn't terrible, but they all he had, had he had main hopes. event, he had main event size and look, but mid card talent. Yes. I, I 100% agree with that. And they would all always put him in a tag team to try to hide some of that. But then he'd usually end up being the better member of that tag team. Or getting hurt. Yeah. Well, like skyscrapers, him and Sid. Sid, Sid does some things extremely well. If he sticks to those, it's a good match. Yeah. You know, it, his match with Shawn Michaels in San Antonio, when Shawn's just taking clotheslines, big boots, choke slams. The entire match until the power bomb comes. Yeah, great. Once he ventures outside that, lost. Oh yeah, oh, that's what. That's a lot of big guys. I mean, especially early in their careers. You know, but it's like um, he, they were in Central States. He is with um, Scott Hall. And you imagine both of those green, big green guys, and then they brought him to. Uh, NWA and then Scott Hall left. Was that Space Coyote and Star American Starship Coyote and Eagle? Right, yeah. Somebody was smoking something. Yeah. <laughs> they brought, I mean, when you look at it, as, you know, but they were just really, really green, you know? So. And you're right about the main dog. Look, Dan Spive never had much of a body. But just he was huge. He's just a big bone guy. And he's not muscled up, just big. He had those eyes. Well, yeah. Well, that goes back to the gimmick of when they brought him back. Was it in 80, uh, 94, 95? Is Waylon Mercy. Mercy. And you know what? Then he could cut a promo. I never heard a promo before from Dan Spivey that I ever cared about until Waylon Mercy. Yeah. Waylon Mercy it, it, was creepy and good. Well, it was uh, Bray Wyatt originally, basically. It, it was Bray Wyatt, but not supernatural. Yeah. You know what I mean? He didn't have the magical powers and could turn into the fiend. And well, all this other talking stuff. about early Bray Wyatt, like 
first generation Bray Wyatt with the shirt and oh oh yeah Bur- burned down the uh, what was it uh, burned down his daddy's houseboat when he was a kid it was an accident or was it that was one of his first NXT promos I'm like that's dark <laughs> but I'm just saying this gimmicks were so you know basically the idea of the gimmicks is that well the, that's where they well one not what was the movie with um um douchebag de niro in they got it the actual idea from cape fear cape fear yeah that movie so i didn't even realize it was this movie until i we went back around halloween and watched cape fear because my fiance had never seen it um i saw that movie one night late at night flipping through channels uh and i think it was on usa so it was a it was a censored version at that but the end scene in the uh, in the houseboat scared me at one point so much that that I thought it was a horror movie I was watching. So I'm watching this back again this past October, and we get to that, and I'm like, oh my god, I remember this from like seven, and being petrified. Because <laughs> he's a I've never seen it. Oh, oh, dude, great movie, Cape Fear, excellent movie, super super good. Um, De Niro is a psychopath and a half. It's really like good. anything from like '92 up. You know, I didn't see up from not, basically '92 to probably two, early 2000s. Most likely, I haven't seen it. Well, that, that's one you need to add on the list, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, because I started wrestling, you know, and I mean, when did I have time for movies? So, you know, I'd work. You know, I'd get off work. You know, I wouldn't. Basically, I during the week I'd basically go home and sleep because I'd, you know, keep the roads hot on the weekends and stuff. And so I never watched hardly any movies. At least no. go see them. At least. <laughs> well, now that you're not leaving the house much, you need to find Cape Fear. <laughs> I'm sure it's on Tubi or something or. Or uh, what's that channel? It's got all the Pluto. Pluto, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure probably. Uh, I can't remember what we watched. We watched it on a streaming service, so it's out there. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. How well, in the world we get on Cape Fear? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I was wondering if we we're going to have enough to fill because this is a short match, relatively. Um, <laughs> it's a short match with and not any. 25 matches to add to, <laughs> to build up. Well, and not only that, not a lot of wrestling moves, right? So there, even if we did play-by-play, there wasn't a lot we could do. But I, well, I, I figured somehow we would end up filling enough time. <laughs> Just leave it to me. I'll drive it off course in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, I don't know how we even got all oh, the music. That's how we actually got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he hadn't been using that music that long. I should have looked up and seen when they uh the actual use express or whatever they were called left. Because it wasn't too he hadn't been using it that long then. Because this is yeah, like I said, I saw that Bundy match and that had to be in in the summer of ninety five, probably. So well, I mean, didn't did like didn't like Savage, Bundy, Rude, and Jim Howard all leave Memphis around the same time. 
in 95 and 85 within like a month of each other. Well, yeah, because I think Jimmy got there and he's like, I know some guys. Because it was all like in a month. They were all gone. Yeah. But Bundy went. Did he go straight there for Memphis? I, I honestly don't know. I, I think Rude went to world class. Not world, well, Florida didn't he? Then went to world class maybe. Yeah, Rude so. didn't go straight there from Memphis. No, no, no he he he, um, he went to I think Bundy, he went to Florida. Bundy did a stint in world class. I'm not sure if that, that was before. before. Or it was before. It was before. Bundy may have gone straight hair. there. Yeah, Bundy may have gone straight there. Um, there or. He had a stint in Watts. I don't know if it was before that or after that. I can't remember. It might have been before. Bundy might have been in Watts before he came to Memphis. I can't remember. <laughs> I need to look this stuff up. <laughs> we don't think about it at the time. Um, I want to say South Rude went to Florida, then went to World Class because he went to, from World Class to, to New York. Because remember, his uh, finish was the DDT. The Rude Awakening was the DDT. Yeah. And then they had to change it because of Jake. He, he had to change it to the, the neckbreaker gimmick. So, yeah, that's a lot of talent. You think about left. Um, well, in Memphis Heat, they talk about after uh, after Jimmy Hart left, like, that put Memphis in a hurting because all of a sudden WWF was getting into their talent because they had an inroad with Jimmy. Yeah. You know, Jimmy did Jimmy did basically what Hulk did because you know when Hulk went to WWF, all of a sudden, hey, here comes Finkel. Hey, here comes Bobby. Finkel. You know? Not Finkel. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mean Gene. Mean Gene. Mean yeah. Gene. Mean, you know, hey, here comes Bobby Heenan. Hey, here comes all the top guys from here because it's yeah. This guy's up here and going, it's so great up here. Oh, yeah, because of money. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like that for everybody, though. You know, some of the guys came there and then didn't get over and didn't get used, and they didn't get the huge, crazy money. Well, it depends on how you look at it. What do you mean by didn't get over? Like who? Like who? Who went that didn't? Now that you put me on spot, I can't think. But like people, went, they, <laughs> no. What I'm saying is like people went that weren't top guys, and they Vince wouldn't like something about them, and there was no, hey, we're guaranteed to use you. Ah, no, nah, not digging it. Bye. But I'm, th- I'm trying to think of any really top guys that left a territory or promotion well, I, to go it, there, and it, and it may not be top guys. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it could be because I think all the top guys actually got something. You know? Yeah. So you know, but someone could have put in a word for a mid card guy that they really liked. And then it went over there, and they're like, no. Although when Wrestling 2 went there, he was he was, he was was so – he was too old when he went, you know. Um, a little later when Garvin went, he just looked like a fish out of water up there. Yeah, and, and he didn't, that. you know, he didn't get the huge, huge payoffs. Well, he wasn't getting them in Atlanta anymore either. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true as well. But I mean, he's still making good money. Oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah. actually, when he went to Atlanta, when he went to New York, he come from AWA, so it was good money again. <laughs> oh, um, this is true. This is very true. I don't think there was any really top guys that 
that actually left a spot in a promotion or, well, you know, you think about from, just say from 85 on to 87 territorial wise, because that was pretty much when they were going out. Um, Adrian Adonis left AWA and went, he got a little push, but he was, I don't think he was an office guy from what I could read. He stayed in trouble with the office a lot. So, well, what was that? That little bit of push was that his first run, or we had that, uh, him and Murdoch were the tag champions. Yeah. Yeah. The North, was that the run you're talking about? Cause yeah, I, could, I, could, well, I could see that entire tag team not being office guys and getting in trouble with the office. <laughs> thinking about it, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That I mean, was kind of I, I, odd, I, I, Adonis odd was an all-around partier, and Murdoch is a drunk. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean. You know, you think about it, though, it's like, um, they just don't, you think about it, and you look back in that time, I mean, I was young, really young. And that Those two, just that was just an odd, odd hire. Well, they North, actually North, put the belts on them. You know? North North South connection. I mean, it made sense. You had two guys polar opposite. But you just I mean? for that for that company, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can see getting somebody else doing the gimmick, you know. But actual them working for for Vince just. Well, yeah. Vince doesn't know any of these guys' party lives or anything. Heck, he hired the Freebirds for three days. And they're like, these guys are too wild. Didn't, uh, I know we're really off subject again. Oh, didn't, yeah. Uh, didn't like Andre put a good word in for him? No, I think Andre hated him. I may I may be wrong, though. It may be that Andre put in a good word well, for him. I, I read somewhere where he put a good word in, and then they, like, no-showed. And that's why he got, he had heat with the match. That's what I heard. I don't know. Well, I know they definitely no-showed to town. I've, I've heard that on plenty of t- yeah. podcasts. They were, like, just hammered. And <laughs> missed the town. So that's what about you know you think about it because I was running down through the schedule trying to see um, you know actual Savage's start date. He left Memphis in uh, I didn't write that and I didn't write the actual date because uh, I don't know if it was actually his last match, but it was Nashville um, early June, and I looked and the only thing I could find was his start date with uh new york was um uh june 17th 85 so it was maybe like two week period in between it was a tv taping that he did um and then after that man he was non-stop with them and you know it's like all those guys you know they they're party i mean they they partied while they traveled you know, in territory days, you'd go to the bar and spend all night at the bar, then go try. You know, these they were traveling so much, I guess they just partied in their vehicles because they were, I mean, they were just. It was like one thing it, I was looking, I think it, it had like one day off in a month. Insane. Was, yeah. And, you know, you almost had to drink and do drink drugs it. to stay sane. Yeah. I just want to see how well we well how I how they kept their body. I mean, for breaking that, they broke down. But then again, you like this match right here. You watch. So at this time, they actually had I think three days off in December 
uh, from what I could uh, looked on the thing, it, I think it was three. They had Christmas. They didn't have uh, it. Didn't look like they ran Christmas. And it was might have been two days off, but um, if you watch this match, it's um, they didn't do a lot of bumps and stuff. You know, oh, yeah, could, back then you couldn't if you was working that many in a row and you had to, you know, it, uh, like this match, it went, what was it? The total running time was like, the video was what, like 18 minutes. Yeah. But the match went 11, maybe. Well, it was the intros. They didn't lock up. They didn't next ring the bell to probably about five minutes in. Cause all the intros and stuff. Um, but I mean, you, you know, you're working every night. You've worked the same person. You had the same match, basically, you know. So, because I know the the match they did before this, I think it was right before Christmas, it was the DQ. So, I'm sure it was basically, you know, pretty much the same match. But you, if you had to go out there and work 15, 20 minutes every night, you'd kill yourself. Oh, yeah. Within, a, within a month, you'd be dead. Well, especially so in, in those WWF rings, too. Yeah, the mo' 80s rings, even up to the 90s, those rings were awful, they said. Yeah, they're the big 20-foot. You know, I'm always wondering, you know, they were the 20-foot rings, and, you know, most of your boxing rings were 20 to 24. So I wonder if they were designed by the same people and, you know, maybe had to – and maybe made a little bit of give to them, maybe, or something. But, yeah. It definitely wasn't. <laughs> it, it wasn't made for it. it. Those those southern wrestling rings are always the best. They always get the best bounce. You know, a sixteen best or an eighteen. They got the best, best bounce, sound. the most, the most. You know, the most give. Yeah, the best sound. Um, I've gotten where I don't like spring rings anymore, but you know that happens with knees, I guess. Uh, you don't. They don't even make spring rings anymore, do they? Uh no, if you if you find one, it's an old one. It's old, yeah. Yeah, it's a if you find a spring ring, it's an old one. I'm really scared to go to this next part of my notes because we were talking about one guy's music and, and it let us off. But I also want to talk about how how Macho Man took a public domain song and just made it synonymous with him and him alone him and yeah. high school graduations <laughs> well it's kind of like flair you know he took that you know they, they everybody knew that song i mean that song been out forever wasn't it and it been out oh, a yeah. while before flair started using it yeah yeah i know it's a, it's a classical composer I, and i can't remember who it was german i believe um but <laughs> you know and everyone says oh 2001 space odyssey it's like ah, i was a thing before that yeah so but did, did, what I really liked was, um, and they did this on the, all those massive square guard matches that, that are on tape from, especially the eighties. That show coming in, coming yeah. in from the dressing room area. Man, yeah. I love that. And uh, and yeah, and they show that all the way. They show them, you know, and then they come through that little. I always call it the TP like uh, roof entrance at Mass Square Garden where they come through. You know what that's actually called? That yeah, sure's got a name, but what a is vom- it? A vomitorium. <laughs> okay, I wasn't expecting that. 
Yeah, it, it's called a, a vomitorium. I believe it's Roman. Oh, let's see. Vomitorium, uh, a series of entrance or exit passages in an ancient Roman amphithe amphitheater or theater. Um, but they got it. So this has been debunked, and I'm very sad about that. Uh, but a place in which, according to popular misconception, the ancient Romans are supposed to have vomited during feasts to make room for more food. Oh. But apparently that's been debunked. But no, the vomitorium is hey, like... it was that guy at that Chinese restaurant we went to that day, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> that, was, that was bad. And we still ate there. No, no, that's what makes it worse. We were hungry. <laughs> and we were in Lafayette, Tennessee, so we didn't have much choice. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not like, you know, any other town where there's at least three Chinese restaurants. Yeah. Oh, me. Um, so, why did they have it there? It's just kind of odd, because that's the only place I've ever seen one, is at Madison Square Garden. Well, so, I mean, any of your, your venues have one. Like, you know, if you go to, I'll say, Bridgestone, because that's what I'm more familiar with in Nashville, you know, anytime, like, it's like seats, and then there's a entrance like at the bottom of the seats and the seats on each side like all these venues have one but yeah to use them for their main entrance you know there's some of that little roof gimmick though I, as far as the little roof get root uh roof gimmick I, i'm not sure it's uh that may have been something added on or that they just wanted with the facility itself but like a lot of venues have one but madison square garden is is like the only one that's why I like when they do pay-per-views. I'm sure they build a stage now, but they used to not Madison Square Garden, right? The most I don't think they do. They don't. They can't build a stage in Madison Square. There's no room. And it's like that's why the, they don't have WrestleMania there. That's why they don't have no pay-per-views there anymore. Because the last see, one was what I, I, uh, I love that though. Well, it's I know, but everything's got to for pay-per-views. You got to have big glitz and glamour, though, yeah. And because they, they used to just they de just decorate that entrance, right? Like they put yeah. a little something on there. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think at WrestleMania ten, didn't they? Have, yeah, they uh, had a little X gimmick above it. Well, they had an X above it, but the doors like slide open. Like they had these little doors that just like would automatically slide yeah. open. There wasn't much to it at all. Yeah, but I, I liked it, and like and they had the shoot from the side that showed that. You know, because usually hard cams to the right. Yeah. Um, but this is it, straight on. But they, that was the last, was that the last pay-per-view they did there was 10? It may have been. Or a big one at least. Yeah. But I don't, uh, they, they can't put a stage there because it, it'd take up half the seat, you know? Yeah. So. Man, I love that classic look. Yeah, but that coming back from the, coming out from the dress room, that, I said all those old 80s uh, Massacre Garden shows show, would show that, especially the main events. And, uh, yeah, they come out and, uh, Savage and Elizabeth had their matching gear on, man. They oh, matched. yeah, yeah. Where, uh, well, so his gear didn't, but, like, he, his, uh, his, his, uh, his cape. He had his robe. That's what I meant. That's what well, I meant. Did he, have a, did he have a robe or cape? Because I know he had switched it, back every now and then at this it's time. Those ro it's those robes that drip down like a cape. Gotcha, gotcha. From okay. what I can tell. I, that's what I, I think it was. It looked like that, you know. Because he's had those full capes in the, in the past that had, like, sticks that he would hold on to. Yeah, the sticks. Yeah, that always looked really cool. I he think had, it was he had, a robe. I think it was a robe with the long things. Uh, remember we're trying to figure out when uh, she made her debut? Yeah. She'd actually been with him there for a while. Um, I looked it up. I'm hoping this 
information is correct, I looked up. She made her debut on July 30th, 1985 at a TV taping, and the TV taping aired August 24th of 85. So she'd been there with him almost the whole time. I thought he was there a lot longer than that by himself. It just seemed, I guess, the, it just seemed like it when you're younger. <laughs> yeah. So she well, actually been there they, for a while with him. They didn't do that manager gimmick where everybody wanted them hottest free agent. They didn't do that too long, I guess. No, they couldn't have been. Because if her debut was, his debut was on the 17th, it's about a month, basically, kind of. Basically pretty much just enough to get build up to who it's going to be on TV. And hey, it's this woman who we've never had a woman manager. And I just went back and watched that too today. Um, who all was, was going <laughs> for him? I know it was, uh, let's see, I'm assuming, oh. no, Albano was babyface, wasn't he? Or was he, he a was, heel at this time? No, he was, he was. Obviously, Blassie was going for him. Let's see, I'm trying to have that lineup. It was Fuji. Uh, Bobby Heenan, uh, Johnny Valentine, I mean, Johnny Valiant, Johnny V, Johnny Valiant, um, uh, Blassie. Was Jimmy Hart uh, there yet? He was the last one. Uh, who was beside? Was there somebody else than Jimmy Hart? I'm trying to think there was somebody beside Jim between Blassie and Jimmy Hart. Must not have been. So it must have been Jimmy Hart with the last one. So it was five of them. Yeah. I'm trying to think was anybody standing between them two. I think it was just five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was just five of them. Then they um he did a thing with each one saying, you know, he took he said, you know, the the Vice, he took the Dashery Deeds, he took from Fuji, the um, Wisdom from um, Heenan, the, uh, um, he said, I can't remember what he said for uh, Johnny V, uh, then he said, all the diamonds you uh, that you showed me, um, to Blassie, and he said, "Jimmy Hart, the total opposite. You're whack. You're wacko, man, or something like that." <laughs> and he said, "He said, I want y'all to. My new manager is going to be coming through that door right there. Get the cameras over. And they they had the old school spotlight, and wherever this building was at, and showed the doors. And they opened up, and she come out. <laughs> and Bruno San Martino and, and Junior was doing it's." We're doing the uh, well, I have to be because it's 85. Um, doing the commentary, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's like, who is this? <laughs> who is this? Who is that? Like, it's like, oh my gosh, look at this lady, she is beautiful, you know. And but yeah, <laughs> Brenda was like, who is that? <laughs> That's just smart him up. <laughs> say, hey, look, put her over. <laughs> it just <laughs> and uh, it's like, is this a she looks like she could be a movie star? Just you know, putting her over and <laughs> Bruno's over and burying her. The uh, the brutality that is Bruno San Martino on commentary. 
Yeah. Oh, you want to hear something worse than Bruno? Go back uh, in the 70s, watching them 70s all-star TV shows on the network. The announcer was um, was it Antonio Rocca. Oh, no. Yes, man. It was off. Only thing worse than his commentating was his hair. <laughs> at, at he made Bruno it, look. Wasn't Randy Rosenbloom from Heroes of Wrestling bad? Hold on. What's Heroes of Wrestling? Heroes of Wrestling was a show they did. And, and guys, this whole thing, I, I, I believe, can be found on YouTube. Um, Is that so it, the one that says like the worst pay-per-view ever? Yes, it was. I've a, never seen it. It was a legend pay-per-view. I had it on VHS. My first two <laughs> wrestling D, uh, VHSs that I ever owned, I bought at a flea market in Nashville, um, and it was the first ECW pay-per-view and Heroes of Wrestling. <laughs> it's the first time I saw Tape Trader, and he was set up. Okay, Quentin just got back from the vomitorium. Apparently, when I mentioned uh, the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view from 1999, uh, Quentin had to go up Chuck a little bit. Um, Even though I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that bad. It, it's it's that bad. So we're going from two of the greatest ever. You said you had some questions about this pay-per-view. Yeah, okay. Well... Well, the tapes, really. You said you got them in a flea market. Nashville. Was it the Nashville flea market at the fairgrounds? That I don't remember. Um, to me, the place looked huge. Okay. <laughs> There's only, like, really one flea market in Nashville that's bigger than more than one little room. That's the fairgrounds. It, 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 it was probably the Nashville flea market. Okay. But it, it's funny because I look at the – Was at it the, more than one building? <sighs> Again, this is, you know – so this what year was this? Probably 2000. So this is 20 years ago. Uh, 21 years? That ain't that long ago. I can remember what I was doing 21 years ago. Well, I got taught to not put my hand you up. You know what? Actually, I was around this time. I was working for Burt Prentice uh, for my second time go around. We've been January of... I thought you were about to say you were selling wrestling VHSs at the Nashville Flea Market. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to think of that. So, was it... Does it, like, just somebody just had a bunch of bootleg of everything, or was this actually somebody that was bootlegging wrestling gimmicks? Uh, so, it was mainly wrestling, because I remember something else I saw on their table. Like was that it Jason I don't think so. I, I don't think so, because he's not Was a guy much. named Daryl? Daryl I, I, something? Dude, I barely talked to the guy. I just got really excited, and I but you I don't remember what board was that. Little no, I'm, I'm pretty. So this is, this is why I'm having trouble with, with the fairgrounds because I've been in all those buildings now, and they all don't look that big to me. But 21 years ago, I remember this place being massive. But I'm thinking yeah. actually it was the was is the not the women's building. What's the one with the columns? They have the columns, the open middle, and then around the outside. That's the old women's building where they had the wrestling. Okay, yeah. Talking about 
Yeah, where, where they went when the uh, Coliseum burned down in 70 or whatever it was. Yeah. And they went to that one. Yeah. yeah I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was that building. Okay. But, uh, but no, so I remember he had some figures in various shapes and conditions. Um, I remember he had the the Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band DVD. But it, <laughs> oh, not DVD, not DVD, I'm sorry, CD. VHS, CD. But uh, he had a couple, like, actual cassettes of that, but the CD was, you know, a jewel case with the with a printout slid in. <laughs> bootleg! Um <laughs> But the, the tapes were all bootleg for the most part that I can remember. But I, he, he did go this extra mile, and it wasn't like, you know, you see someone, they're just handwritten on there what it is. But he actually had a printer, a label printer. And the label maker. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, ECW first pay-per-view, awesome event, Heroes of Wrestling. Terrible. Mm, not so much. <laughs> yeah, so bad. Oh, how did we get to this? <laughs> I, I asked you if Antonio Rocco was a worse announcer than Randy Rosen. Oh, yeah, okay, that's right. The guy who calls drop right. kicks leg kicks or leg drops or yeah, it, it got so bad that uh, Dutch Mantel started correcting him. What was the guy's name again? Randy Rosenblum. He wasn't a wrestling announcer. It was supposed to be Gordon Soli. Supposed to be Gordon Soli and Randy Rosenblum, but Gordon, Gordon Soli was sick and couldn't make mm-hmm. it. So it's Randy Rosenblum and Dutch Mantel. Okay. All right. Well, we even got to the match. I know this is great. <laughs> okay. So, he, so they finally, so like I said, then Hulk comes down. Um, I love that how they show him coming from the back. I, I was wondering. I guess I had to case tell everybody to kayfabe when the so nobody getting the intro <laughs> scenes would they? <laughs> yeah. Everybody get back in the rooms. Yeah, get out of the hallway. <laughs> I don't know if they had to, because I'm wondering if those were like live shots when it went on, like Mass Square, the Madison Square Garden Network. If it was live, because you know one of the boys was like paying a look attention, walks right out. Woman had to at <laughs> one time walk right out camera view. Oh. You know, <laughs> without without a doubt. Um, <laughs> man, how brawny is Hogan? Right, you uh, what brawny? Just like he's big. Yeah, he's not. He get he got more tapered as his career went up went on. Yeah, but he was just big. He was just yeah. you know, He was really big looking. Yeah, he wasn't a bodybuilder. Wide. Either. He was wide look, just wide. Yeah. And his muscles were all round. Like there was no cutting. This guy was eating yeah. all the carbs he could and yeah, just lifting he heavy things up and down. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was definitely. Yeah, he wasn't watching his his. Um, what he was in, you know, his carb intake or or wasn't trying to cut at all. He was just really, really big. Um the um he said at first Savage starts doing a pose pose he started posing. Then Hogan didn't do it and I was like, what the crap? You know and I was like, oh, okay, I know what they're fixing. I know I know so I knew then I was like, oh it's fixing to come. I lock up, he takes the bump, then Hogan does the pose down. Yeah, and then, Savage, uh, man, he's super lean right here. Well, he went, from, went from ICW to still in states to, to Jarrett payoffs, which was better. So he hadn't really got this big checks in New York. He's only been there six months. <laughs> yeah, 
No, I, he, I get, but you know what he's I get on, that. But, he's not. Nah, he's not I'm hard. joking about that. Well, no, yeah. no, you're you're right about that because he obviously got bigger when he's in WWF because he had to. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. he's also not got like he never had the rippling abs, but you know he's not as tight everywhere either. Yeah. So, but you tell he, he's well, he's still young at this point too. But his back is still so big. He's, he he you can tell he's this is the when he's just, he's really getting he's really. Starting up because he's what is he? Late twenties. Yeah. So. But it, and you think about it, it's crazy his waist to shoulder ratio. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, he, he, he this he's really start, This is right where he started really getting really really big. You know, I don't. You know, well, he was really cut up when he him and Rick Rogers did those bodybuilding contest you know he was really ripped up then but so he's never really been had a lot of size he's always had he's always been on the lane side always had muscle but you know he's always you know never no really no mass you know yeah well i think everyone looks back at macho man and sees him as a big guy you know what i mean because he had a body because even like I'm looking, and it says his build at 6'2, 237. Mm-mm. He may have been 237 in the end, like when he got real oh, big. Uh, he was there, he was six foot barely. Yeah. And I don't know, at this time, 220, 215. I'm saying 215, 220, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, Macho Man wasn't as big as everybody thought, but he, it, 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 again, it's that, it's that waist to shoulder size ratio that just makes yeah. him look so much bigger oh yeah and you know obviously everybody's height and weight's a little kayfabe at this time too yeah. you know H- hogan was what they announced him at like 610 and 310 or something like that i, know they, I, like, I remember they always seem like six nine there forever in that late the mid late days he's like six nine i seem like forever and he was like what six four six five yeah if that, about 6'4". Well, but I'd also say, you know, 3'10 for his weight, and he's big, but I, I don't think... I think he's about 3'10 at, th- at this point, because he was wide, dude. I thought he was 3'10 right here. He, he may have been at this point, but... Later on, he wasn't. He was cut up later on. Yeah. But he I'll, was just... I, I'll always say the best he ever looked, shape-wise, like not big-wise, but shape-wise, was NWO Hogan. Oh yeah, he was leaned out, man. He, he was had, lean he was and old. tan, so oh, yeah. tan. <laughs> but he, I mean, you were that old. He had to lean out because you know his body would break down if he tried to put all that mass on. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say this: so Macho Man, like just in his movements and in betweens of everything. Shows more athleticism than some people do in their entire match. Oh yeah, like just doing the extra stuff that Macho Man does before they lock up, or even after the initial lockup. He's in and out and over the top rope and jumps over the top rope and he's pointing and flexing and. It's because they got to go. You think they got to go almost fifteen minutes, or thirteen to fifteen minutes? He's got to put in some time. 
So, and back then they could interact with the crowd. So he's nonstop, you know, visual. Kill, and that's killing time. So don't have to, because like I said, you know, they, you know, you got to go 15 minutes back then. You didn't want to go there, bump, 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 because your body just couldn't take it. So that looked like, you know, like last week, the little stuff Murdoch did with the facials, the body language. Savage is doing the same thing, but with different body language. He's yeah, using more, his body more, to sell. more erratic and Yeah, it's, a, it's just a different way to sell it. it, but it's part of it, though. You know, it's the little things that, you know, if you took all the uh, time that Savage was in and out, just doing stuff by self, not with Hogan, it was more time than the actual move-wise and stuff in the ring. There was more time spent, you know. But uh, I was going to tell you about Savage. Yeah, he's not that tall because when I worked at Avis, uh, I want to say 97, I worked at Avis Cardinal National Airport. I went and take some keys in and uh, um, took some keys into the counter. And he was standing at the counter. And my buddy at the counter goes, hey, give him directions to municipal because the interstate, where they get off at exits, uh, closed down. And uh, he said, tell him how to get in for here to go then. And I tell him how to go the back way and get off at uh, and go in the back way around James Robertson. And I was like, right, you know, looking right at it. And he was, you know, he looked maybe, he had cowboy boots on. So he maybe looked back, maybe six one, maybe with cowboy boots on. Yeah, he's not that tall. Yeah, you think he's not taller than he was. He's like six foot. So he wasn't. You know, as tall as everybody thinks he was. But get back to his his just his body language was just yeah, it was awesome. Well, you talked about uh, sniffing out the opening spot when Hogan didn't flex back. Oh yeah. So what was yeah, the opening so, spot? So they so they locked up. He bumped. He bumped Savage. He threw him off, didn't he, from the lockup? Yep. Savage took the big bump and their thing, and that's when he did the whole posing gimmick and everything. Did Savage roll out on that? Uh, I don't. He didn't get completely out of the ring. He lost his mind. Because it seemed like every time he would do something, he'd be out of the ring. And the people were eating. Like I said, last week with Murdoch, he'd just get punched and he'd start selling with his face and everything. People was eating it alive. He just took the first bump and they ate it alive. They were eating it alive. You know? Yeah. And his bumps, so they're, they're just so quick. Right, like Savage yeah. found that mat so fast. Yeah, on every snapped, one of his bumps. All, that snapback bump he did, and but his hands and, never touched. Did you notice? Ever notice that? Mm-mm. Savage didn't bump with his hands. His hands were up. So he bumped his elbows. Not even elbows. A, 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 lot, a lot of times they're, they just, they're just up, like in front of him. It's weird. Okay. I didn't even never pay. I'll watch it next time. Next time, I watch a match with him. I didn't even pay attention to that. But That's because he was bumping so fast. Yeah. Because you know, I admit his selling actually in this match, it really wasn't that first bump. It was what he did after the first bump. What he sold really was what was because he bumped. Like you said, he bumped so fast, and this his, you know, the stuff he did after that first little quick bump. His selling, his body language from the the you know that's what 
you know, most people take the big bump, it's the bump. It really wasn't the bump, it was what he sold after the bump. His body language after the bump was was just tremendous, you know. And um, the, the, they the did a little is- spot. Did you see the Hogan did it? They did another spot where Hogan dropped down. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this I was is like, whoa. <laughs> I'm glad you picked this era Hogan because what I think once Hogan was on top for so long, his stuff kind of became pre- not predictable, but he had his formula, right? Um, and well, in, yeah, this, I mean, in this, he does a little bit more. You can tell he's not super far removed from oh, AWA yeah. Japan Hogan yet. Yeah. Um, but man, even before that, though, just when Savage would get up from complaining and they'd stop for a second and look eye to eye, like the people would start coming. And it, it made it like, this isn't a wrestling match at this point. It, like it's a spectacle to the people and that yeah. is like ridiculous star power. And it would come like in mega powers explode. It would become that later. Yeah. But at this point, like, you know, like you said, Savage has only been here five, six months. Yeah. But he's already, it's like one of those things, hey, we'll test it now and then do some more with it later. You know, I think, too, is he's coming from the South where it's – you work the crowd so, you know, it's crowd work. Up there, you know, you had some guys. I've we've seen some matches that some of them, you know, they'd give them a shut up, sit down every now and then. You know, even in the 80s, you know, there's a little – not much crowd reaction. But I think I, I think it was kind of a fresher breath of air, you know, interacting with the crowd. You know, they're actually he's get he's interacting more than you know most of the hills up there at that time period. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you. I mean, you know, because Piper had he had not got there yet, right? I don't believe so. No. Or if he, I'm trying to think, 85. When was the first WrestleMania? <laughs> Six or 80? Was it 85 or 86? I don't even remember. 86? I don't even remember. Man, my years are getting warped now. Oh, oh, but I can't remember something 21 years ago. And I'm the bad guy. You're the historian I mean, on this podcast. I'm more Southern history than New York history. Was it 85 was the first WrestleMania? 85? So March 31st, Piper 85. Was there. Yeah, Piper uh, was there. She was, was already March, there, but... Yeah, March 31st, so it was six months prior. Okay, so they're probably getting some interaction from Piper. Mm, trying to think. I'm... That's probably the only hill they're probably getting in for. And Samoans probably growl at, at him. I mean, I'm you know, saying this and like Savage, he probably worked the crowd more than anybody up there. Just, got, you know, being coming from the South. Um, but that crowd was hot, though, man. Dude, Just the, the reaction from, and first off, seeing this from an atomic knee <laughs> and sending, sending Savage to the floor. So not only are we seeing an atomic drop, but it's sending the guy out to the floor, and they went nuts for that. Yeah, I was looking at this. Um, you, would you kind of surprised he didn't go over the top? Um, yeah, it, it was a little weird. Uh, 
but also this is Savage coming from Memphis. In the time period. It was, so he's probably like, over the top rope DQ, over the top rope yeah. DQ. But Which the they same, had been. In the in, same in breath. The time. In the same breath, he's going to jump off the top to the outside with double axe handles. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They he, he took that bump. Um, when he went outside, and this is, well, the people are really hot here. When Hogan comes and out. And this is my him, favorite Macho Man spot. He does he this all the time, Liz. and I love it. Yep. He grabbed Miss Elizabeth, and the people, oh, they got hot. Because, <laughs> I mean, you think, because, well, gosh, that's probably the first woman manager they've ever had up there, you know? Oh, it is. That managing, you know, besides Moolah, managing, you know, they're going out with some of, you know, the actual regular manager, man, uh, female manager, manager, and a male wrestler, so. Did it hide behind? Yeah, they got hot that first time. Well, they got hot every time he did it, but yeah, I was like, ooh. And uh, so I go back in, and uh, Randy cuts off Hogan, <clears throat> goes through the top rope. And I was like, oh, here comes the double axe hands. I thought he was going to get in the gut. When he came off, he came off, he didn't have a cross body. What was you? Th- I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that cross body. It was you? I wasn't expecting the cross body, but as soon as he did it, I knew that yeah, he was going to catch him. I knew immediately. Yeah, he caught Yeah, because I, I saw him over there. Okay, here comes the double, like, double X. I was telling the match to hit it. I said, Hogan's going to get him the gut shot. And as soon as he jumped, he turned and said, Oh, crap. And then he, and then I said, Oh, yeah, he's going to catch He caught him. And then Dean Darren did a backbreaker. And boy, Savage sold it on out of the ring yep. <laughs> again. It's like every time they, that's how they paced this match. Um, you know, every you know, if Tom, you know, Savage did some, took a bump or something, he would powder out. And the people were, I'm sure they've seen this a million times, you know, especially on big long, you know, matches up there up north. And, but just, they were, they hated him already, you know? Well, so it's doing two things. It, one, it, it's killing the momentum of the babyface, which like that's yeah. the whole that's the whole uh, theory of what he or Al Snow's theory of what heat is. It's like you give him a little something and then you take it away. You give him uh-huh. a little something and then you take it away. Hey, you give him Hogan slamming Savage and then you take it away, and then you just keep doing that. Um, so it, it's that, but it's all it's also just pacing the match to big pop, let him take it in, big pop, yeah. let him take him in. And while the whole time, because Savage could have went out there and just like huffed and puffed around, but he's picking a fight with everybody in the crowd yeah. and moving yeah. Liz around him. And yeah, yeah. So he's keeping yeah. probably yeah. busier and on the outside than most of the heels. Yeah, he did more. Like I was saying earlier, he did more stuff, you know, outside the ring and everything else than he did actually working, you know, in the ring with Hogan. But that's the thing. It goes all back to that. Um, to your last week's match of all the stuff in between you do, the moves and holds means just as much. You know, like, like the first week, the match you had is all about the moves. You know, it was, you know, and the selling and everything, but, you know, it was, it was, there's more, more wrestling, you know, that first week, the first one we watched from the, the uh, O'Connor Rogers match, you know, then last week was more 
how to sell to get the moves over. And this was and this was how to to sell the little things when you had to put a lot of time to keep the people into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all different stages of different, you know, how to work. It's maybe that's what work is. Uh, you know, somebody asks somebody's a worker. Oh, he's a good worker. And eh, not really, because he's a good wrestler. Uh, to me, there's two things from a good worker and a good wrestler. What we've been watching was all different stages of being a good worker. You know, you, know, you, you need to so – the, the stuff that you don't learn in wrestling school, it's what you learn in the car rides, the matches you work, years, watching guys, you know, it's, it's the stuff you learn. So, but, yeah, it was – um. See, he went back, he went outside and thought, okay, <laughs> um, they go back in, uh, Randy cuts him off, um, he goes to the top, hits the double axe handle off the top, uh, then he throws Hogan out, then he goes to, goes to the top rope, does the double axe handle off into the, onto the floor. Now, this is 85, up there. I don't think anybody's ever did that off to the floor, double axe handle. I don't think anybody's really done that. I, I don't want to say period. It, but. Anyway, right. <laughs> well, that was Randy's thing. Because uh, I remember George Weinhardt was talking about how uh, he was doing it in uh, ICW. And like nobody else was even doing it. Yeah, and you and know that's a, that's a knee destroyer. It has to be. Well, that's the thing, you know, um, that Weingroff was talking about that when we talk, when he was in the car. I wasn't talking. I was just listening. He was talking about how, you know, he goes, Randy's still doing, and this was 90, 93, 94. He goes, Randy's still doing that. He said, how is his, he goes, like, his knee should have been blown out a long time ago. It's just one of those people. It's like, um, well, and they eventually were. Oh well, yeah, but they should have been blown out as many times as he did that through the years. It, didn't he have knee troubles in baseball? That's why he he gave up baseball because he was a catcher and he I don't, really, think, he was, I don't were, think he was a catcher. Was he? Okay, I don't, I don't think it was. No, I might be thinking about somebody else. Then, but I remember somebody said I. You know, because like that, that there's a baseball car floating around. It's uh, it's gimmicked. It's not a real car. Everybody says it is. It's like no, he never had a real baseball car. Um, yeah, he never. Not, uh, he never actually he, played for the Cardinals, did he? He played the he played for the Cardinals minor league and the Reds minor league system. I think the highest he ever got was um, low A, low oh, A ball. I, I'm I'm wrong. He was a. Oh, I'm sorry. He he was a catcher when he was signed. Um, but okay. he mostly played outfield in, in the minor okay. leagues. But he did teach himself to uh, bat with the other side, bat and throw, because he hurt his right shoulder. Wow. And, and he learned to throw with the left. Hmm. How crazy is that, but, right? Uh, yeah. But, so, I mean, his knees, I mean, his knees should have been blowed out way before, you know, Cause you think about it, because I know you think about the how tall those New York rings are. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
I mean, it wasn't a little studio, you know, studio ring, you know, <laughs> a little, little low boy studio ring, whatever they want to call them, you know. Those are the, the big 20-foot rings. I don't know, they were wide. They were tall. Those aprons were tall on those things. So you think about it, that puts it even higher coming down all those years. Yeah, his his knee should have been blown out in the late 80s. His knee should have been done. Yeah. So, but yeah, so nobody was doing that. And, and they, you know, the closest thing they seen was Snooker coming off the cage at one time. So him coming off that top rope, they're like, onto the floor, like, oh my gosh. You know? Yeah, and a, and a lot of people give Hogan a bad rap, but man, he was selling his butt off for Savage, especially on yes. the axe handles. Yes. He gave him that axe yeah. handle to the outside, and Hogan flattened out like he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he um, I'm trying to think. Let's see, I'm looking at my notes here. I gotta stop using this red ink because it ain't, it's too, it's not, it's not dark enough. I can't read my notes. <laughs> then um, Randy rolls in, then he rolls back down on the floor. Um, then he rolls down, he rolls Hogan in, he gets some more heat on him, and then still Hulk starts uh, hulking up on him, don't he? Yeah, he starts hulking up. Yeah, starts but in that, Randy had the best little quick snap left jabs. Oh, those jabs were awesome, wasn't they? That he's always had those. His snap left jab and his snap back elbow were always just so, I don't know, so quick. He didn't throw his whole body into them. Yeah. But, like, if he missed, you never would have saw it because they were fast. Yeah, he so Hulk starts hooking up. He makes a comeback. Um, he shoots right in and give him the big boot. Is, he hits him, but does he hold the rope? Uh, it, he well, didn't take Ra the full boot, did he? Or? Randy takes the boot to the outside, so he holds the rope, takes the boot, and pulls himself down. Pulls, okay. Um, yeah, and this is before Hogan's comeback was, you know, one, two, three, shoot off, boot, leg drop. You know, it's yeah. just the, the leg drop out of somewhere. Yeah. It was before he got so predictable. <laughs> and hey, Hogan, almost... was, Hogan was moving pretty quick on this comeback, too. Yeah, there was uh, this was good Hogan. Like I said, yeah, for you know, for WWF, this was good. If you want to watch Hogan, watch the first two years because he really worked. You know, he worked. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, they and find, and find that match with Stan Hansen. That match is awesome. Which one? Hogan and Hansen from the New Japan WWF Super Show. Is that like 90 or something? I believe so. Yeah, it's a really good match. Hmm. Um, I, 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 mean, I, I ain't going to knock him for – I mean, if I could get paid millions of dollars and to basically have, you know, six, seven-minute matches, I, I, I would do it too, I guess, you know? <laughs> I mean – Yeah, I'm trying to get that spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you can't knock him. You know, oh, he sucked. No, he's actually pretty smart. <laughs> You know, so yeah, but uh, so they're back on the floor, and uh, Hulk goes to the floor to get Randy. Liz over checking on on Randy. Hulk comes over and uh, picks her up, carries her all the way to the other side of the ring, uh, outside of the ring by the other ring post, and sits him down. And um, so at first I said, grab her, and I was like, 
I was like, okay, Kane hit her or not because, you know, he's the baby face. So he just picks her up and carries over and sets her down. Um, it's like, what do you do after that? I'm trying to find my notes. Oh, they go back in the ring, right? Don't they? Yeah. That's right. They go back in the ring. He gets on. He goes, shoots him. Randy, he goes for a backdrop. Randy gives him the but I've never seen Hulk Hogan give him a backdrop of you. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he has. Yeah. But. It's like, well, <laughs> that, yeah, he went to go for a backdrop. His, uh, that's not his forte normally. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes for a backdrop. He gives him a boot in this. And uh, so Randy gets on. He gives him the boots. Um, he goes to the top rope. Comes off of the elbow. I ain't saying either way. I've always heard. I've never took it, obviously. I've always heard he was stiff on his elbow. Uh, de- definitely once not. he's. I've heard he was stiff as well. Definitely once he started getting older. Yeah, I know he got really stiff on it. But man, he. This is like the most gingerous elbow off the top I've ever seen. He's wanting to keep getting these. Top match payoffs, bro. Exactly. I was like, you don't want to hit the money train, hurt the money train, go back to, the, to working Tito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to be like uh, Stanson and did breaking Bruno's neck. So, yeah, I, looked, I was like, man, that was the lightest elbow off the top I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, and, and, then, and then also, like, uh, so I think you were about to talk about that it was a near fall, but man. Yeah. It was a near fall. Yeah, that ref was, he was like, one, two, and it was like, oh. Yeah. Um, which Hogan did do all the time. Like, a lot of times, you give Hogan your finish, that means the comeback's coming. Yeah. He's going to kick so, out strong at two and start no sell. But his was good, though. He kicks out right the last minute, and Randy's like, going, you know, selling it. That's three, that's three. Um. You know, it, it was good, you know. Uh, <laughs> Randy takes a bump. It was <laughs> he, Hogan was dripped across the road. He came running. And at first I was like, was he supposed to go out? And then I was like, well, no. It just looked, he took that bump in the It just looked really awkward. Are you talking about uh, the knee to the back? Or are you talking about? Hogan clotheslining the crud out of that referee. No, no, we're, we're Randy took the bump in the ropes. Oh did, well, yeah, he, he. Well, he did, yeah, but oh, but he got no. I'm sorry, he hasn't yet. No, he hasn't yet. I don't think he may have. Oh no, yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. Um, yeah, he goes for the the old boss man sit on him. Yeah, and Hogan moves, and yeah, Randy eats it. Those ropes. Are yeah, not, like he, I, I think he thought they were like Memphis ropes. He's like, oh, this will work. Those but he's been there loose, for a while. Dude. Yeah, he's been there for a while. He should know. Those ropes were really loose, though. But, you know, at this time, I don't think they had the regular every every ring the same. Oh, probably not. I, no. think, I think this was the Madison Square Garden. Ring. I bet, you know, back then, your big places had their, they had their ring, you know, they kept their ring there for each, you know, big town. Then they carried, you know. Then they had their spot show rings. They carried on the trucks. Yeah. So I'm betting this was a because those ropes looked really loose. Yeah. Because every time he went to the top, I was like, "Ooh, those ropes," you know. So I don't. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think he judged it right. <laughs> yeah, he it was a it looked a little rough landing. Yeah, and it, this uh, goes for like a mini comeback until Hogan misses Savage and just destroys that referee. Was that yeah. referee anybody? Because he didn't look like he knew how to bump. Well, see, I I don't like, I don't know a lot of history up there, but I from I do know the refs were got a sign through the athletic commission. All of them, I thought they just had to use some commission refs. I think, but I think some of them were smart, some of them wasn't smart. Uh, I'm sure in the main event you'd be using a smart ref. Yeah, but I don't think they did a lot of ref bumps. Uh, you know, because beforehand you, you were using, from like I said, what I was told, I've read or whatever told me, you know, some of them were smart, some of them wasn't. So I'm wondering at this time. Um, they didn't do a lot of bump refs, so so if you did do a bump ref, it they weren't used to bumping. Basically, I'm trying to get to. Yeah, well, he wasn't. <laughs> well, uh, Hogan he drilled him pretty good. He looked good. And then Savage hits that beautiful knee to the back that he always yes. does. But Hogan was delayed on his bump to the outside, so it looked weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, he probably never been hit by a, like a knee and had to bump through the ropes. I mean, that's something. I, I love that flying knee to the back, though, just sending a guy yeah. out. I love that. It looked good. Um, so he's on the floor. Randy grows over, goes over to the desk, grabs the belt, climbs to the top rope, comes off with the double axe handle with the belt on Hogan on the floor. Okay. Where did he hit Hogan at? Uh, back I of the head. The, I did. So yeah. when he fell down, he hit the concrete, maybe? Because lo and behold, when Hogan looks up, he's got juice. <laughs> yeah, I thought the placement of that was a little weird. Um, if Hogan would have turned around, I thought it would have made more sense. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, maybe he went down and that's, I don't know. <laughs> but maybe get, that's get, what it, we get a juice job from Hogan, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, he was really, I mean, I said, you know, he, he was still early on. So he didn't, I mean, he still had pool. You know, I'm sure he, you know, could still X and A stuff, but and getting color. Yeah. That's um, for something that hadn't been built up. Yeah. Yeah. You can say, my, you know, he, you know, and you don't want to waste your color on your champion either. You want to be something big, but they're building Savage, so that's. Well, I mean, speaking of building him, he he wins this match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he goes. So every he gloms Hogan with the belt. He rolls back in, <laughs> wakes up the ref, picks up the ref, and he grabs the ref arm and he's counting, making the ref count. He's, he's moving the ref's arm, counting up and down. <laughs> Even better, the ref counts it. Yeah, the ref was counting it. Yeah, because he only counts he by himself like three times. <laughs> yeah, he still let it. He was like this. He was moving his arm for him, and he was he was counting them. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's just classic. Because I was like, I was like, he's gonna count him out. And sure enough, they counted him out, and it was like, you know, even though it was, you know, he kept counted out. I mean, that was, 
that helped. I mean, that's really pushing. So he got color for Savage. He put him over, even though it was a count, still put him over. Yep. I mean, he didn't have to, you know, because I mean, you know, they this they're starting to build them up a little bit, you know, give Savage more of a push, but you know, he's been mid carding against, you know, Tito. So, you know, I think, you know, hope probably he don't get enough credit, you know. He, I'm sure he didn't, he didn't have to do, you know, I'm sure he didn't have to do the juice job unless he wanted to, you know? Yeah. So they so they ring the bell. Randy Silver, he gets the belt. They put the he puts the belt on, he's celebrating. Um, Did you see how they in. have to snap it because Randy's so so small? Man, that waist, man. Yeah, they had to snap it at an angle for it to even go on there. Yes. I was That's gonna tell why, I was like, and they, a lot of people don't know this. When Randy held the title, Velcro was on the belt. The first time? I don't know if it was the first or second, but one of the times he had Velcro on the belt because sure he was so do. lean. Really? Yep. I figured they just add some stuff to it. Mm-mm. Velcro. But, Velcro. but they saw the snaps, though, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it still had snaps on both sides. It's just they probably just put some Velcro on it because it wouldn't snap on him. Which a lot so of the belts now, I don't I don't know if you know this, a lot of the belts now like have Velcro on them. Oh, they're all Velcro, even in UFC. But I'm just saying, though, back then, Vince, you had to have boots. He had to have boots to get in the ring, and his belt snapped. <laughs> oh, wow. So apparently, uh, I'm reading into a little bit of this, and I don't know. I don't know. This guy's legit. Uh so Randy Savage's winged eagle. So his winged eagle belt had Velcro. Apparently the AWA inmate belt had Velcro. The WWF IC belt had Velcro. The did the first inmate belt have Velcro or the second? That that's what the, uh do you know the, belt the leather the leather on that first one turned within six months I had to get new leather for it. Right. The inmate I, belt. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know which one this was. Uh if you know the guy who does belts by Dan. Uh he's a he's a real good belt maker. Um Dan Belcher's his name, but I just uh saw that on there. But he, he's his uh, real name Dan Belts. No, no. no okay. Just a, <laughs> like, what's the odds of that? <laughs> yeah, no, just a fun just a funny name. But no, leather, leather by Dan leather by Dan. He can he makes really, really good belts. Um but uh Anyway, yeah, I knew, I knew the the wing. So it's the winged eagle. So was that his second run? Yeah, I think so. Okay, but yeah, it had a Velcro on the back. Um, but it still had the snaps on both sides, though. I'm it pretty sure. Seems, I'm pretty sure, probably, or, or at least on the outside strap. I better have both because I don't see him making. I still see Vince putting Velcro on a belt if it unless. I mean, he does, be the, all, he does on all of them now. And like I just said, he he lets people in this freaking ring with tennis shoes on now. Fair enough. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he would have had them where there was the snaps didn't connect on Velcro. Yeah. I think it's because Savage was so thin waist. Yeah. You know? So, because, I mean, you think about it, Savage probably had a 30-inch waist at that time. <laughs> Yeah. And Hogan probably had a 42-inch waist, you know? So, yeah. 
Yeah, big difference of the thing. I just I think he was just so thin they put Velcro on it for him. You know. Um, and spe- speaking of, is this the Hogan '86 belt? I mean, I know it's '85. This is the one after Big Greeny. This is the one after Big Greeny. Yeah, because when he threw that belt in the ring at the end, I was like, "Hey, hey!" And I was like, "You wouldn't do that to Big Greeny because it fall apart." <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the one after Big Greeny that that NWA looking style, um, not NWA World title, but the in the NWA, what's that? The uh, national looking style, kind of. Yeah. And then they went. Then, oh, then, okay. So he had a he had an, a Hogan eighty five belt as well. If you remember, I had the uh, replica of the Hogan eighty six at one might, point, but it was the it was the, the eighty five. Is it? It's the one before Big Greeny, right? Uh. Because yeah, he had Big Greeny for a little bit. Yeah, he had Big Greeny for a little bit, but then that I was love repl- that belt. That was replaced actually by the Hogan '84 belt that was designed in late 1984. Then it, that was replaced by a nearly identical Hogan '85 belt. Um, the, both of those are similar to the NWA TV title. Uh, let's see. La, la, la. And then let's see, Hogan 86 was introduced, and only Hogan wore that one. Um, and that's the one with the uh, the globe and the Roman columns and olive branches and said yeah. world heavyweight wrestling champion. Yeah. That's the first one that had the WWF block logo on it. Okay. Hmm. I love Big Green. <laughs> <laughs> It's so ugly, man. I love it. So, uh, I can't, so I can't he, wait till we do our belt episode. <laughs> That's not how we're gonna. I'm super for how we're gonna do that because and what show pictures up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll make it work. Okay, um, so so Finkel's announcing and goes over and gives Liz a kiss. No, Liz gives him a kiss or something like that. Liz kisses him or something. I can't remember. Somebody kissed somebody. Hulk's still on the floor selling. He sold forever on that floor. I mean, he was selling like, you know, because there's a good, you know, three minutes by now. He's still on the floor. Um, Finkel announces the belt. Uh, he's the one with the belt. Doesn't change hands. The crowd pops. Huge. Randy Dexter gets hit again. <laughs> he grabs Liz. Would you want to say something? No, no, I'm just saying that. No, I'm just saying that pop was massive. Like that would be a grown finish now. You know what I mean? If they did that on oh, pay per view, yeah, yeah. everybody'd yeah. be so upset. But yeah, because they, they're like, they're like, did he lose that? They then they know the rules, but they're just like, well, he still got the belt. They haven't refereed and took the belt off. You know what I'm saying? Usually they're over like, no, you don't have the belt. The ref, the ref's still, you know, he hadn't really said nothing. So they're like, maybe he did win the belt. You know. Yeah, well, and, and, and the small thing I hate about it is that uh, Gorilla and Lord Alfred Hayes jumped the gun on saying something about it. it as, soon, as soon as Savage won, they were like, the belt doesn't change hands on account okay. of. Yeah. And I'm like, if they would have waited, like, oh, my God, he's beat the champion. Never so saying more. the belt changed hands, you know what I mean? And then let Finkel make that announcement. Yeah. Um, I guess it's more for the 
But the live crowd, yeah, they they actually popped when he said. So Dex the ref. Um, crap. What else? And throw throws Liz over his shoulder and just leaves. Yeah, grabs her over his shoulder and just takes off with them. And they're like, hey, he's, he's leaving with the Liz and the belt. And um, they get about halfway up the uh, ramp. And I was thinking, here comes now. He see Hogan. Here comes Hogan running after him. Well, not ramp with the hallway. And I was like, okay, Liz is he's holding Liz. How's he gonna not hurt Liz? You know, because you got to say baby face. You can't hit a you know. You want the lady can't even though she she does dastardly things. Well, she hadn't yet really, but um, she can't get hurt. You know. So I'm yeah. like, how's he gonna do this? Because he's got her over his shoulder. Then, like, he tapped him on the back, didn't he? He grabbed his hair. Hair, that's it. Grabbed his hair, and he, he, he he's let Elizabeth down. He turns around and hold and gets back on him. Then he picks him up, and he carries him back to the ring, don't he? Yep. Yeah, he carries him back. It was like, that was awesome, because he carried Liz out, and he carries Savage back, throws him in the ring. And, man, he um, that one kick he gave Randy to the back of the head, Oh yeah, yeah, that that snug. snug. Oh, I was like, woo, because they kept running full speed across that ring, kicking back. I was like, dang. And then we get a couple of rare Hogan headbutts. Yeah, I gave one to the front, then he gave one to the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rare for him. Yeah, you don't. You usually don't. Um. Yeah, I think I've. Yeah, him giving headbutts. That's very rare. Um. He, uh, he grabs Randy, shoots him off. He has the belt, and he swings the belt like a like he's going to take his head off. And uh, he ducked and he held the ropes. Randy dropped to all fours and crawled on all fours through the other side of the ring. That's it was, right. It was yeah. great. It was the best way he could. I thought he was going to hold on to, and that's so yeah. overdone. But the big yeah. duck and, and cower out like a dog, the best. Yeah. The best yeah, way he could have done it. Yeah, he powers and runs, and he runs that back down the runway. And um, so I guess Liz, does she go into the back or just stay in the runway? I'm uh, one of the two. Yeah, because I didn't see her after that. Um, she, smart money would be she went ahead and got to the back because Randy's going to yeah. have people trying to kill her. Yeah. Um, but, man, did you notice when they announced that he was the winner before they said, you know, but it was, you know, Man, they were pelting them with 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 paper cups and stuff. At their, did you notice that? Oh yeah, Finkel's in there. And you can just see them just flying by. <laughs> but, yeah, when they announced he won, yeah, people were throwing crap in the ring. Well, they were mad. And then, like I said, then they said the belt chain they popped. But so he runs to the back, and all of a sudden, so he's sitting there, and all of a sudden you hear, do do. Here goes the 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 music. Real American hits. And here we go. We get the poses. Uh, I mean, it, it's what WWE has always, or WWF at the time, has always tried to build themselves on. You, you've got the conquering hero left in the ring with the belt. You're sending the people home happy. And yep. it's that time Hulk must pose. Yeah. You know, um, he didn't pose that long. He didn't pose that long, though. He didn't. But since I know you've been watching AEW Dynamite, in the words of Excalibur, you've got to give the people what they want. And then big zoom out. Yeah. It was good. 
Uh, I mean, he's going to, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> Excalibur. <laughs> um, didn't care for him. Um, I think he's really good. Yeah. Oh, Excalibur? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, Hogan, Savage, who are you hating on? <laughs> um, I, I didn't care f- the way they brought him in with, in the Mass Snow storyline. I thought it was dumb. Um, but, you know, to actually call a match, they need him there because Tony and JR be lost. JR, I think, is drunk. But it's funny because, especially last week, he or a couple weeks ago, he, he did a – I think it was last week with him and – for him and Jericho, Jericho was out there, and, and um, they said something, and, and then uh, uh, Ross did his um, Stu Hart voice. <laughs> He's a tough little <laughs> BA, but um, good little match. Like I said, it, it's it's. Um, I like this match. A lot of stuff move wise. Um, it's another one of those I think should be shown to some people in wrestling school, as in you don't have to do much. Um, and it's opposite of what how Murdoch sold to how Randy sold, but it's just as important. It's important, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's real, you know, you. you and I think this is also would work. It, 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 the crowd, a small crowd, would work good with this. Yeah. If you did like, you know, it, it just it's the little it's the little things that you learn as you work. You learn to work. You know, it, it just how many moves you think was actually wrestling moves were there? Ten, maybe, whole match. I Not mean, counting the fist. Uh, if we're not counting the fists, uh, is a shove off a wrestling move? No. Okay, so and and yeah, you don't count kicks and stomps as wrestling moves, right? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so you've got a couple clotheslines, you've got an elbow drop, a double axe handle, a backbreaker, a tackle. After the drop down, it was a tackle. Yep, there was a tackle. Maybe 10, maybe? <laughs> That's five. I dare so, you to find five more because I'm not. Did you get the top rope elbow? Yep. Both the double axe handles? Well, I wasn't counting them individually, but sure. Okay, six. Cross body? Okay, we'll get, I'll make it seven. Back? Did you get the backbreaker? Yep. Okay. So I didn't make 10 moves. Yeah. We didn't get 10, did we? <laughs> no. So hey, and, I mean, and Hogan took one back bump off that kick. Dang, that's right. Savage took three or four. No, oh, sorry, atomic drop, but that wasn't a bump, but the to- atomic drop. Yeah. So there's so he took, yeah. So, and like I said, the match went. I think total running time from time bell to bell. You know, it was probably right at ten minutes. Probably, and yeah. um, and you probably had, like I said, it was more time of salad, 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 savage selling in between the stuff and just 
It was more time than the actual wrestling in the ring, but that's what made the match. You yeah. know, uh, it just, you know, so Hogan, well, he had to because Hogan couldn't do nothing. At this time, Hogan, excuse me, Hogan, they could have went there, he could have did a lot of moves because like I said he was still really mobile at this time. I'm like, because I mean, obviously that drop down, he got, he was moving good this whole match. Yeah. So, I mean, he couldn't move, you know, you know, if he wanted to, they could have probably did a lot more stuff, but it gets back to why, because they didn't, they've been working, you know, this is their seventh match in, in the last 30 something day, 35 days. So, so this match isn't shown on mainstream TV. You know, it's not shown on mainstream TV and their, their jobs to entertain the people. Yeah. And when Savage can put one finger in the air and get more heat than giving Hogan nine body slams, just yeah. put the one finger in the air. Yeah, that's so not the being, whole thing. That's not being lazy. That's being smart. Yeah, that's smart. Like I said, you know they, you know, and you know they, and, they and have, that's have the days. people in the palm of your hand as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're fixing to go on. You know, they're fixing to probably go on a, a probably a sixty to sixty plus day run without any days off and so yeah you're and you're not gonna these guys you know they didn't you know they didn't have to do a lot of stuff because they knew how to sell what they did you know it's all back to just working it's working you know so you know it it's it, i don't know how to explain it. it's just it's just another part of how to work like i said we've had so many different your first week was really a lot of wrestling. My second, my first week was brawling. That thing was just all a brawl, basically. White Boy and Pritchard. Their matches were brawls, basically. Last week was great wrestling was selling. And this was wrestling and selling, but a different kind of, you know what I'm saying? It's all, it's different varieties. You know, is what and back then you know you had back then you, you had to do a lot of different stuff. You know, you can't. I don't know, I, especially because that card. I I bet if you look at the card, I bet there's probably no no match under five minutes. You know? Yeah, yeah. They ran that. They ran. They ran the garden what once a month, and the whole show wasn't taped for the Master Garden Network. So. Um, you know, it's like it just, I don't know, it's just totally different from what we see nowadays. So, will this match get over today's crowd? I don't know. I think if both participants had enough star power, yes. Off the star power, yeah, I guess you could. The guys nowadays do it, the top guys, I think they could. I do too. If, if it's, you know, it's, I, I, I think you put a guy, a heel like Kevin Owens, I know he's a baby face right now, but you put a heel like Kevin Owens in there with a John Cena, you do this exact same match, different things because they do different stuff, right? But yeah. the exact amount of bumps and everything. Yeah. This gets over because Kevin yeah. Owens will work the people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He will work the he's people. Heel. He, he will heel. throw a temper tantrum. Yeah. And John Cena practically is the modern day Hulk Hogan. Yeah. 
it would be great. Yeah, they would get over. They could do it, this. It's exact a thing. Get map. over nowadays, but with the same people. You couldn't, you know, they could get main. It could still get over mainstream with the right people. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be Meltzer five star match of the year? No, but this wasn't either. You know what I mean? No. This is a good little um, match for the people of New York because that's who all saw it. it. Was the people of New York, the people at the building, and on the Mass Square Garden Network. That's who all saw this match. You know, yeah. and, and that you got Macho Man over. Yeah, as being a guy who could put Hogan out, and yeah. sent the fans home happy. Yeah, but and it what I've seen. Those Massive Square Garden shows, it was a monthly show, and that's what most of my ever seen was the main event. Bayfaces would go over in it, you know. Yeah. Well, go. I mean, well, he didn't go over, but he left him. You know, he he was standing tall when it was over. You know, you didn't get no heel beat down and leave him laying, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it was a monthly town, your biggest biggest town. You let it, yeah. You got your heel, got him, you gave him some, a new heel, um, believability, and you left your bay face strong at the end and left him, you let him go home happy. So every, every, everything got checked of what you wanted to accomplish in this match. Yeah. So, um, like I said, he's just been in the main events, you know, just here recently with Hogan. Because he's like, he'd been doing the stuff with Tito for the for the Intercontinental Belt, so you know he, this is his next step to build him up. Because because um, they've been doing him and Piper for about a year now, so you know they're going to need a. We kind of it really didn't happen because Bordor slid in there around this time. You know, after this, it seemed like when they put Intercontinental on um, Savage, it's in like '86. Um, Piper was kind of going down, and they put Orndorff in. You know, was wasn't he, or did he? Hold on, am I getting my stuff wrong? Because yeah, he turned back, he turned back Hill in '86, didn't he? Yes. Okay, so that's when. So then, '87. So when did Hogan and Savage have their big? That was like wrong way. Talking about mega powers exploding. Didn't they, have a, didn't they do a little? Didn't they do some stuff before that? Didn't they have a, a feud before that? Uh, did they, they didn't have, put. Did they have a feud when he was the Macho King? Well, that's before the Mega Powers. Well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been after this, and then before that, I believe. I think they had one before the Mega Powers. Uh, they actually had a. They they worked for. They were had a feud. They may have. Trying to I think they did, but what? And then, then the mega powers, and and then when that blew up, yeah, was when they really got really it got a lot of. But um, no, like I said, this match it, it checked all the boxes what they wanted, what the promotion wanted, yeah. So that's an it's a good little match, I think. Good, it was good to watch. It went fast. I thought I thought it went really it went it is something like oh it you know usually the like the whole running time was like eighteen minutes it didn't sound like it was eighteen minutes no it went, it went by an absolutely no an absolutely no time and you know like wow. I said man this was this was like watching wrestling as a kid 
just because it had, I was a kid. Really, I was a kid when it was happening. <laughs> I, I wasn't even born yet, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, was, yeah. it, had, it had that same feel, man, because it it had that big feel, and it had all the participants that were still around. Maybe not Lord Alfred Hayes when I first started watching wrestling, but you know, all the voices that I, that I was used to. You had Finkel, you know, and there's still running enough shows at the Garden that I had a I have a fondness still to this day for that behind the curtain entrance. Like it just had everything that I was like, I want to watch this. You know, the, I, the, no, I, I texted you earlier. I texted you earlier and told you that. I was like, this yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a lot to it. It was a fun match that, you know, you know, it didn't have a lot of, you know, um, like like your match last week. It was a title match, but it wasn't, you know, no pay-per-view main event or nothing. It was just a good match, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it was good. But uh, you know I've worked Madison Square, don't you? Seriously, I've worked Madison Square. Not Garden. Shopping Center. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew there was something there. Yeah. I was like, I saw him Rick McCord one day was going down to the Tissy reunion. And he was like, I've worked Madison Square Garden. I was like, really? I said, that's awesome. He said, yeah, the one in Arizona. I was like, oh, I said, I said, well, you worked so many places. I figured you actually had worked Madison Square Garden in New York. I said, no, I said, I've always wanted to. I've worked about everywhere else. So that's one place I never got to work. But yeah, there's a Madison Square Garden out in Arizona, uh, Arizona Territory. It was, a, it was a building that you ran a lot. But yeah, <laughs> Madison Square Shopping Center, Madison, Tennessee. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Gotta get what you can get, man. <laughs> and that's that's true. I've never I, I still call the stadium in Stadium Square Gardens. To be a crack house, man, that was a that was the funnest crack house. <laughs> a lot of good times in that crack house without doing crack. So getting I mean <laughs> at least most of us I'm, weren't. Oh, we watch I'm saying we <laughs> There was a couple guys on those shows that I'm pretty sure might have been. If that one wasn't crack, it was some kind of narcotic close enough to it. <laughs> oh man. It I, was in the <laughs> go well, ahead. I, I was gonna get us off the drugs. Um <laughs> oh, well me just like one thing about closing out on, on stadium and we won't mention it again till whenever. Um so Dana uh we were dating at the time and oh, uh, Lord. we just started dating it and so I was just like, all right, I got to give me a gimmick table. I got to start making some money. So she set me up a gimmick table. And uh, all my stuff was bootleg. Oh, it was all bootleg stuff. So I was she, waiting for the FBI to bust in on a show that you're. She, that's what she always says. Like, man, I used to be so nervous. Like, you know, I always feel like I might as well come bust to the door. And I was like, I'll tell you right now, if, if, if cops run in there, the least they're worried about is somebody selling some bootleg DVDs. All the stuff was going on in that building. Trust me. I was like, I thought you, you, she goes, I'm always afraid. I was like, no, don't worry. You're safe. Cause trust me, bootleg DVDs have been sold in that building. That's the least of what the cops are looking for. <laughs> and that's a shoot, man. Oh yeah. For, yeah. for those of you who have never, never experienced this terrible hellhole. 
um, there was a sign up at the front desk that said, no prostitutes or drug dealers allowed. Take your business elsewhere. But that's all their business was. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. it was gross. The room had, had the rooms had bed bugs. And boy, we had some good times in that place, though. That is true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> all right, guess I'll stay to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have a good segue. Um but I hold can't on, t- hold yes. on. One more thing for my stadium. If anybody's listening, don't know what stadium in is. There's a video. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who it is. You know more about that video. Tell it is so they can go watch the video. Okay, yeah, and this is actually filmed in the stadium. In um, the artist's name, if I remember right, and I'm pulling it up now just to be <laughs> sure. Uh, yes, Johnny Fritz. Now that's J O N N Y, Fritz. The song is called Stadium Inn. It is filmed there. And there's never been a more apropos song for a place. Uh, yeah. That's uh, besides the match I'm about to give you to watch for next week. This is the pick of a must watch video. Um, we could probably break that down, uh, but we'll stick with wrestling. <laughs> You know they they've uh, gutted that place. Yeah, I pass I pass it every time I go through Nashville. It both Last breaks went- my it both breaks my heart and it's a a gift to the city. Is they it? Gutted that place. Oh, they tore it all the way down. It's been like, oh gosh, it's been like I think last time I went through there was like October when I was down doing some research at the state archives. And I went through there, and it was all gutted. Have they tore it completely down yet? No. They're just gutting it out? I, I don't know what they're doing. It's gutted, and it's just sat gutted forever. I don't know what they're doing. Man, that place one time back in the 60s, or 70s, in the, through the 70s, that was, high class, that was a high-class place, dude. Well, in the <laughs> 2000s, there was emphasis on high. High crack, right? High crack place. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough stadium info. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, guess, I guess next week we're going to go as far away from the stadium in as humanly possible. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to the UK. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, the, the YouTube channel uh, is our friend Johnny Terry. That's J-O-N-N-Y-T-A-R-R-Y. The match, Johnny Saint versus Fit Finley from World of Sport. Well, here we got it doesn't have the year or anything like that posted. Hmm. Now, World of Sport didn't do a lot of stars against stars. Um, but if you go on Johnny Terry's uh, page, that's the only one he has from them. And they, there's other links to it, but it's cut into multiple parts. Uh, this one's all in one. Uh, and it is 20 minutes and seven seconds. Uh, we've covered a lot of stuff that's not a lot of wrestling. <laughs> well, we're going to make up for it next week. We're going deep diving in it, huh? <laughs> yeah, and just for, for anyone who's not familiar with British wrestling, Johnny Saint is probably the smoothest, most technical wrestler you'll ever see in life, and that's including Zack Sabre Jr., who everyone talks about now, and I think he's great. But Johnny Saint is so good um and then 
I could, you could probably have Johnny Saint have more technical matches um, with other people. I could have him in there with, you know, I don't know, Jim Brakes or someone like that. Um, and it, it would probably be a smoother, more technical match. However, I wanted to put get a match where he's in there with the ultimate heel in UK wrestling, Fit Finley. And man, this is Fit and all his mulleted goodness. <laughs> so this had to be right before. So he says World of Sport, right? So this had to be right before they lost their TV deal, then, right? Yeah. So it, it doesn't look like it's done in the same arena um, that World of Sport was on, you know, because mm-hmm. they were they were like from some, or it looked like some like fancy hall and yeah stuff like that. This is a this has to be late because this is in the darker room. It looks like the arena doesn't look as nice. You know, you don't see the people in the front in the front row in suits and ties and oh, you know what I mean. It seems more. Uh, I don't know. The people are dressed more casually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're going to see a whole different kind of wrestling. And I don't know how familiar you. I know you know of World of Sport. You know some of these guys. I don't know how much World of Sport you've watched. I've watched a little. Like I would get stuff back, especially my my. Tape Trader days, I get stuff here and there. Um, you know, you'd see that, you know, you'd, I'd come across like, you know, you said Johnny Saint, uh, Rock, uh, Rollerball, Rollerball Rocco, um, you know, uh, you'd see, um, uh, what's the big, uh, Haystacks guy? Oh, and uh, Big Daddy. Big, big Daddy, you know, um, I watched, you know, stuff here and there. I didn't watch a lot of it. Um, it's really different. Um, but uh, well, if you watch a Big Daddy match, I can understand you not wanting to watch more. Well, I, I'm, yeah. Um, it's just I didn't get a lot of it in. Um, I'd come, I'd get a thing here and there. I'd get from somebody, you know, just um, I'd never specifically ordered anything or traded anything to get it. I don't know if I, ever, if I would get something, it'd be like, um, like if somebody was just getting rid of stuff, had extra stuff, maybe, you know, I'd buy like a, uh, like a big um, allotment of, of, of stuff. And it'd be like one of two of thrown in there and this, you know, so it wasn't like I was searching out for it. So it's not, I really never really watched, you know, but some of that stuff, I mean, the if you watch it, to I should have watched more of it, especially when I was working, because man, just the 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 holds and the stuff is is just it's it's amazing. Their techniques and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. more wrestling based because yeah. I feel like in American wrestling, all the matches always break down into a fight. Yeah. Whereas this will be wrestling all the way through, and you're yeah. you're very rarely going to see a shot thrown in the round Um, thing it kind of threw me off too yes but you know the more i've watched of it the more i realize that the really good ones know how to tell that shine heat comeback story within rounds yeah i'm sure there's different ways you know if you you really want to work you know you could really work you know do it right as i'm trying to say yeah. Um, yeah. I just like I, said, I never really gave it a chance. 
I did, like I said, I'd watch match here and there. I never really, you know, got into it. I should have just to watch, to, you know, really watch to learn some of the stuff. Because, uh, you know, I <laughs> look back a lot of stuff you know, should have watched. But um, just never watched a lot of it, though. Just stuff here and there. Well, I'm interested to see what you think about this. Um, World of Sports, one of those things that I love to watch. I try to practice, but I'm nowhere near where I would want to be on these. Um, but, you know, like you said, these guys are technical marvels. Um, and like I said, I've, I've got a match picked out where it's an, enough of a heel versus baby face and you've got an, the ultimate heel as far as the UK is concerned in here that I think no. you'll still get that that American feel with a totally different style. And yeah. So I'm really interested in you and you watching this. Yeah. I'm up for it. Definitely. I'm up for it. Now. A lot of stuff actually, you know, nowadays and I was back used to be, you know, I like, I, some of my, I've broadened my horizons more the older I get for wrestling. Yeah. And, and I'll let you know, this will not be the only world of sport match uh, that I will pick because world of sport while they had a whole lot of great technical wrestling, they had one of the best comedic wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. And we will be watching one of his matches. I won't say is, who it is yet. It's not Cat Weasel. It's the one that uh, um, Cole Cabana always talks about? Probably. Okay, I can't remember the guy's name. Les Kelly. Huh? Les Kellett? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You haven't seen any of his work? Never seen it. I just heard. Oh, just heard fantastic. Uh, don't don't watch any until I select that match. Well, I'm not going to, but yeah, cool. I've just heard. I've never watched. I just know that uh, uh, Cabana praises him, how, how good he was. Oh, you'll see why. <laughs> you'll see why. It's, it's so good. But yeah, Dang. man. Next week, Johnny Saint and Fit Finley from World of Sport. And, you know, I, I have it playing in the background as I pulled it up on YouTube. Uh, again, that's Johnny Terry who has it uploaded. Uh, I've already sent you the link to watch. It's okay. good. It's awesome. All right. That's good. It's like I said, we're, we've really, we've hit some really, uh, not weird, different stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's the hopes. Man, I haven't picked like, any. I haven't picked any Memphis. You didn't pick. You haven't. Well, picked I, I think anything. we're both on a break from Memphis for a while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have thought about that 1983 Dundee Lawler Loser Leave Town. That was a humdinger. Okay. But, um, I, I thought I you were going to say 1986, one. and I was going to hang up on this call as soon as you said that year. <laughs> uh, 1994. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, I'm going to pull out some Corey Macklin Memphis wrestling. <laughs> what time period was that? Uh, late 90s, like 99, maybe. Well, wasn't Power Pro still running then? May, maybe it was after that. I don't know. Derek King was a Had to be in the it. 2000s. Had to be in 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> PG thirteen. Oh, he was there. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we've gone totally off the rails now. 
Yeah. Yeah, we have. <laughs> you know what we haven't done in a couple of weeks? A commercial we're talking about for our press, Scott Hill. Over at crowbarpress.com? Yeah. It's going to be a short one, so just go to crowbarpress.com, show Scott Till some love. That's all we're, that's all we're going to do. <laughs> buy a book, a DVD, a T-shirt, a poster, buy something, give Scott some money. There you go. <laughs> that's good enough. All right, well, you know what? I never said what show this was, did I? No, nope, but I actually daddy. know for the first time coming into a, <laughs> an episode what show this is. Show number 54. It is. Wow. Dang. That's crazy. And yeah, we hope you guys 54. are we hope you guys are enjoying what we're doing with it too. Uh, you know, with the upgrades and trying to get better sound and all that. And our new little entrance music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're getting, yeah, as I'll tell you, so some of those episodes, uh, the, the sound was rough. So I'm hoping um, that, because um, I noticed we, we've had some people not listen. I don't know that exact. Their numbers are not, they're been down um, November, December. Some of them were dropping. Um, I don't know if it's just, they were, you know, People were listening on different formats or, or whatever it's called. I don't know, but they're not listening on Anchor. You know, if they're listening from something different. But uh, I'm hoping that you tell you know, hey, give them another listen. Their audio sounds better now. Uh, we don't hear JP's um, uh, Phantom Radio Station <laughs> or my heat and air. <laughs> I saw. I think it was heat and air, but it, it, it's come across going like a radio station going in and out. <laughs> So I hope this is better. Yeah, we're trying, folks. We're, we're trying to get better. Yeah, and, um, and bear I'm with me on the editing. Going. I'm doing my best. I'm teaching myself to edit audio. Um, I've taught I thought myself it sounded to, good. I, I taught I myself to edit video, uh, and during the pandemic, so now I'm going on audio now. <laughs> Just trying to trying to learn to be a all around half butt ed editor. Hey, last week was the best sounding. Um, you know. Best sounding we've had. It sounded that's the best one. Um, hopefully, like I said, later on we'll probably do the video later on. So uh, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, def but, definitely. Uh, by the time we do the belts one, I, I want to have figured out how to do video yeah. so we can we'll we'll drop just the audio too. But I, I'll I'll drop it to either YouTube or however we decide to do it um for video because i figure that that's going to have one that's going to be one that unless you're sitting at the laptop looking at the belts as we're talking about them yeah it's going to be a lot really hard to <laughs> really see what we're talking about yeah and, and trust me my bet the, the belts i like you got to see them to believe that somebody would actually like them <laughs> yeah, I can, and, and I mean, some like, of them are going to be so hard to find a picture of that's yeah, worth anything that you'll need the pictures that we find yeah. for you yeah, yeah, that's true. So, all right, well, uh, show number 54 uh, is done. Stick a fork in there. For Jeremiah Plunkett, Quinn Charisma. Hey, that's me. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>